Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Herb Podcast, a place of information and inspiration for the home herbalist. I'm Bridget Doherty of the Solidago School of Herbalism, coming to you from a bridged island in the Penobscot Bay. In today's show, I'm talking about aromatherapy and essential oils. Before we get started, I want you to know that I'm not a doctor, nor do I diagnose or treat people. What I share is based on my own experience and what I have learned from my mentors. Ultimately, I want you to be empowered in seeking and achieving your own version of optimum health. I want you to be inspired to connect and relate to the common plants that grow all around you. Together, let's make home herbalism be as common in the everyday household as cooking a healthy meal. Now, without further ado, Let's have some fun and dig in. are essential oils. Essential oils is essentially a drug that is made from plants and then are labeled with the name of the plant. And they have a scent that smells similar but is extremely concentrated to the plant that it is extracted from. Wait a second, did you just say, Bridget, that essential oils are drugs? I did, because if you think of the definition of a drug, we can think about aspirin. And most people know or understand that aspirin was originally derived from plants that had salicylic acid in them, like willow bark or spirea. That component of the plant was extracted and concentrated and purified and became a drug. So when we make drugs, we extract a compound from a plant, we concentrate that, and then we purify it. So that's all that's left. That's originally how we made drugs. Now, because we're able to extract such a specific component of a plant, Now we've learned how we can make that component of the plant without having to extract it from the plant at all, because science is amazing. This can be done with essential oils as well. Essential oils, um, because it's such a purified extract from the plant, now they are able to, in laboratories, make, synthesize, the same chemical constituents that are in the plants that will 
be the exact composition of the volatile oil of the plant. There's a lot of talk these days about essential oils becoming adulterated with these compounds that are actually made in laboratories versus extracted from plants. So yes, essential oils are a kind of an original version of a drug that is made from plants. They have been the, they are the volatile oil of the plant that has been extracted from the plant, purified and concentrated. I think that it becomes confusing because when we think of drugs, we don't think of them as necessarily having a scent that resembles the plant that they were originally extracted from. Um, and so in this sense, the essential oils seem a lot less drug-like because they they still have a very recognizable aspect of the plant that they were taken from, which is the scent of the plant. They also are labeled, and I think this is marketing, honestly, in a lot of ways, but yes, it, the name of the plant is what you see on the bottle. So you think, okay, like, this is an extract from this plant, therefore it's herbal medicine, therefore it is safe. And that line of thinking is unfortunate because it's not true. Um, yes, it is extracted from the herb, but it is so highly concentrated that it is not necessarily safe and actually has been shown, and I'll get into it, in various ways in which they are not safe for a human you know, they're labeled with the name of the plant, which makes it think that it's safe, but really it's, it's not safe and it's not the plant. It's one component or one constituent of a very complex plant that has lots of different constituents in it. So it's a little confusing when you buy a bottle that says basil on it, but it's an essential oil because it's, it's only one component of the basil plant. So essential oils are extremely concentrated. So much plant material is used to make each small bottle of oil. And for me personally, like I really think that herbs are strong enough just as they are. We don't need to turn them into drugs to concentrate them a hundred times, a thousand times for them to work or to be effective or for their scent or their volatile oils to be effective on the body. I think we're just fine if we use the plant in the whole form and in the volatile oil of that plant in its natural ratio. So let's think about what effects essential oils have. So basically, the essential oils are made from the volatile oil of the plant. The volatile oil of the plant is a plant poison. And the plants make these poisons to protect themselves. It's part of the immune system of the plant. So all essential oils, all volatile oils, and then if you have any sort of aromatherapy book and you go through it, if you look at the Materia Medica of the oils, every essential oil is antibacterial, antiviral, insecticidal, and antifungal. They all kill 
life. And that is the protection of the plant. You'll find that plants in your garden that have a very strong scent to them. Think about rosemary, lavender, um, the mints, all of these plants rarely have insect damage, rarely have bacteria or viral damage. And even the deer will rarely eat these plants because of the poisons of the scent of the plant. So even though this, these volatile oils may smell great to humans and draw us to the plants, I know I love plants that have strong smells to them. These, these mint family plants or other plants that have these beautiful smells. So sometimes the smells are used to attract insects, especially the flower smells, those sweet smells, or some flower smells smell like rotting flesh and those are used to attract flies and I I believe that yes like plants definitely put out smells to attract humans to so that we want to cultivate them and so that we can find them useful for medicine um, to help protect our own immune functions as well and to stave off our infections but we have to realize that once we concentrate these and they don't have any of the other buffers that chemical constituents that the plants offer, that we really are working with antibiotics or things that are anti-life. And if we think about our bodies, our living microbiomes of our bodies, our gut, our mouth, our sinuses, our vagina, our armpits, these are all living places that are full of life, full of bacteria, full of funguses, full of um, a variety of organisms that help keep us healthy. And we know this, and this is why we don't like to use antibiotics if we don't have to, penicillin or whatever the other antibiotics are that are out there unless we absolutely have to, right? I mean, I think it's pretty commonly known that if we mess with around with too many antibiotics, then we will suffer some consequences in the health of our own microbiome and the health of our own immune functioning and our emotional health as well, because our microbiome doesn't only help us digest food, but it is our first line of immune defense and we are learning more and more about the microbiome all the time, but there's a huge gut-brain connection and that the, our bacteria in our microbiome actually create chemicals like serotonin that have a specific effect on our brain. So they are so important. And the, mo the less that we can cause harm to them, obviously, the better off we are. Well, my concern is that essential oils are just as detrimental, if not more detrimental, to our microbiome than antibiotics. And this is shown in the fact that essential oils are now being used in hospitals and also being put into animal livestock feed as broad-spectrum antibiotic replacements because 
There are so many antibiotic resistant bacterial bacterias out there that can cause really hazardous infections that they're realizing that essential oils are so much more complex than just our standard antibiotics that we have that are also pharmaceuticals that they find that the essential oils can kill more bacteria and are can kill antibiotic resistant bacteria because again they it's almost like they're stronger than our classic antibiotics that we have that we that our doctors would prescribe to us whereas essential oils are definitely over the counter and really unregulated these days so i think that we have to really take into consideration the amount that we expose our bodies to essential oils. We have to realize that even though we might not be quote unquote, taking the essential oils internally, like in some people are, which I think is really, really not good. Like don't put drops of essential oils in your water and drink them, which is becoming trendier. But even when we inhale the essential oils, if they're in, um, and it's hard not to inhale them if we are spraying them or we're putting them on our body, or even if the person three people down from us is using a bug spray that has essential oils on it, you can, I can anyway, smell that very strongly. And I know that if I'm smelling it, I'm breathing it in to my respiratory system and the essential oils will go right in to the lungs and right in to the blood from the lungs and right to the heart and then be circulated um, through the blood in the body. So it's even more directly ingesting them if you are inhaling them, like in a vaporizer or a steam or a diffuser versus if you were drinking them in a little bit of water, then they at least they have to go through your digestive system first. But if we are breathing them in, then they go right into our bloodstream and right to our brain as well. And there's a problem. There's a problem with that. And I think what really spurred me to talk about this is because we are coming into bug repellent season. And I felt like in the past few days, Everyone that I would come in contact to has obviously sprayed themselves very heavily with uh, essential oils as a bug repellent. And yes, they do repel bugs, but um, that's intense because you're definitely smelling them. I almost feel like you'd be better off spraying yourself with DDT because at least you don't have to inhale that and you can just spray it on your clothes but with the essential oil bug repellents, it's all natural, quote unquote, but you are in constantly inhaling it and exposing your sensitive microbiome to these poisons that you're also using to deter the larger insects outside of you. It concerns me because essential oils also are known to be endocrine disruptors. 
And I know I first learned about endocrine disruptors when I was going to college and we were just discovering, or at least I was just discovering then in the late 90s, that plastics were endocrine disruptors and herbicides and pesticides were endocrine disruptors, which basically means that when we ingest them, um, we that they affect our hormonal systems and can alter our hormones and can disrupt our hormones and a variety of different hormones can be disrupted by them. And so that is concerning to me as well. And there have been instances, um, obvious instances, especially among children of endocrine disruption and hormone disruption with use of essential oils we think about the essential oils, another use that they are often used for is as a cleaning agent. So they're diluted and they are sprayed in our environment just as we would spray bleach in our environment because they are a killer, because they are anti-infective agents that can kill everything around them. And so this is something that do we really want to be spraying cleaning components on our own bodies, you know, like, maybe people think, oh, well, I'm using the essential oils, because it's all natural and healthier as a cleaner in my environment. But then, yes, it is killing off bacteria, and potentially viruses that are on surfaces. But it's also you are breathing that in as well. And I don't see much of a difference between that type of a cleaning product and any other type of a cleaning product, other than it lingers a lot longer. The smell does. Essential oils are very caustic to skin and other surfaces, um, mucus surfaces on the inside of the body and the skin on the outside of the body. So our lungs are a mucus surface and our skin is a mucus surface. So those are the two main ways that essential oils are used these days is they are either inhaled or they are applied in a massage oil, uh, topical. And I'm not saying that essential oils don't work. They can be very pain relieving. They're obviously very strong antimicrobials. They also have very strong effects on our brain and our limbic system and our nervous system. We can get the same benefits, I believe, by natural scent therapy and by working with plants in their whole form and in the, in the volatile oil percentages that nature intended. That can still be beneficial and with less detrimental effects. So even though essential oils are very effective, they are effective at a cost. And there are hospitalizations, people go to hospitals every year due to burns on their skin from spilling essential oils on them or on their children. Um, you know, if you ever have used a Dr. Bronner peppermint soap in the shower and you washed down there, 
you know that these essential oils are very irritating to sensitive mucous membranes. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I worked in a natural pharmacy and we sold a popular line of chapsticks that had essential oils in them. And, you know, I remember a woman came in and she said, I can't use this chapstick. It is burning my lips anytime I apply it. So some people are more sensitive than others. But that burning feeling is it actually is caustic. And these essential oils can be so caustic that not only can they burn our skin, but if they were to be poured on a finished wooden table, neat, undiluted, they would ruin the finish of the table. And a lot of these finishes are oil-based. So we have to think about how these essential oils can deteriorate uh, oil-based things. And if we think about every cell in our body is wrapped in oil, it's wrapped in a lipid fat layer. And it concerns me to think about how the essential oils are affecting us on a cellular level as well and affecting the health of our cells. In fact, I've heard, I haven't seen scientific studies, but another concern is that the essential oils affect the mitochondria of our cell, which is the energy centers of our cell. So we might find if we are using a lot of essential oils or if we're diffusing them in our air constantly, that our energy levels might be drastically affected and also we'll get like this kind of brain, heady brain fog because it is affecting um, our nervous system and our brain functioning as well. thing about volatile oils is that they are actually quite stable. They do disperse. They are volatile. Obviously, they break up and go out into the air, but they don't decompose or break down. They're pretty much at their smallest part that they're going to be. And so in our body, our livers, our lungs, and our kidneys must process them and eliminate them from the body. So if we are using a lot of essential oils, it can really kind of wreak havoc on our liver and our kidneys over a long period of time because these it is a challenge for them to process, especially if they've been processing them for a long time. In fact, um, you know, I also remember when I was working in the natural pharmacy, and this was again in the early 2000s, that essential oils were just starting to be popular. I, I, you know, the multi-level marketing hadn't fully taken off yet. There were just a few brands out there, to my knowledge, at that time. 
the fear that came with them. I mean, at that point, and probably even still, I would hope all the essential oils had to be um, have child safe lids on them because they are deadly if they are ingested. And we'd always have to warn people, keep them out of out of the way of children. Um, there was always the story of you know the women who had tried to have um, give themselves abortions with the pennyroyal essential oil by ingesting the pennyroyal straight, and that they ended up killing themselves. And there were stories of children that had ingested eucalyptus oil and had become very very sick. Um, and near death as well. And so it really kind of gets me thinking, like, why do we want to use and have these in our home that they are so unsafe that they that they could kill? You know, and then why do we think that they are okay to then slather all over our body, all over our children's bodies? So I was listening to uh, recently, there was uh, Mountain Rose put on a little conference and there was a speaker that was talking about aromatherapy and essential oils that was um, from Mountain Rose Herbs. And, you know, I often will listen to different speakers on essential oils because I'm curious as to what other people are saying out there about them and how people are suggesting that they are being used. And um, so I listened to her and sh- and you can find that podcast. It's a podcast through um, Mountain Rose Herbs has a podcast, which I'm not remembering quite off the top of my head. But they did a series where you can actually listen to the different conferences. Yeah, Herbal Radio is what it's called. And so in this talk, she had a few slides that she was that she was going through about the dangers and the warnings associated with essential oils. She said that they can cause damage to mucous membranes, as we said, so that's our lungs, our digestive tract, our reproductive organs, our kidneys and urinary tract. And over time, if they are used um, in large amounts or improperly, they can cause liver failure, she said, and that they should be for external use only. But again, external use, we're still ingesting them. And for me, you know, that was when I was learning aromatherapy, that was one thing that they said is, well, you don't have to ingest them because you just rub them on your skin and they'll go right into your bloodstream through your skin because they're so penetrating. Or all you have to do is breathe them in and they'll go right into your bloodstream. So that is, that's internal. That's internal use. I don't know how you could only use essential oils externally because they are so volatile. You're always breathing them in. The warnings that you always want to dilute them to by to one to two percent before putting them on the skin. You want to avoid contact with your eyes. You want to avoid contact with your mucous membranes. You may, if you're going to be using a lot of, or like mixing or blending essential oils, you need to use gloves and eye protection and be in a well-ventilated area when doing your blending. 
And it's true. I mean, it, these are intense and these are poisons and we need to treat them like poisons. And we also need to respect them as poisons and not be slathering them all over our body throughout the day. She said that, you know, they're very dangerous to be used around pets because pets are more sensitive. They can be very hard on cat livers and very sensitive to dogs who have a very extreme um, scent capability. Never for use on infants. Be careful around children. For me, I say keep them totally away from your children. But again, like, you know, I've had friends whose midwives told them, gave them a list of essential oils to have with them in the birthing room and to be rubbing on their belly while pregnant. And again, this is going right into the bloodstream and right into those, um, those newborn babies. And it's very, very concerning to me. I think that they should be kept as far away because again, like we want to be promoting the microbiome of our children and our infants so that they can have a healthy immune system for their life. And if we are already before they're born and as they're being born, slathering them with antibiotics, essentially, that smell good. Um, you know, I think the idea of having the essential oils in the birthing room is to help calm and soothe the mother. But quite honestly, the essential oils, unless you've already worked with them a lot, like their scents are so strong. And if they aren't diluted enough, they can actually be um, irritating to the nervous system and to the emotions. So it's a fine line there. Another interesting point that came up in that talk is that the the that the essential oils deteriorate plastic. So this is something to think about. This is how potent these essential oils are that if you have essential oil in a bottle for a long time and they have these plastic reducers on them, which allow them to come out one drop at a time. Over time, those deteriorate because the volatile oils are always in contact with them and deteriorating them. And that you can't store your essential oils in plastic um, because the oils will react to the plastic, break it down and penetrate into the plastic. Another relatively shocking thing is that essential oils are considered hazardous waste and that you have to contact your local sanitation department before you dispose them so that you know how to properly dispose these into the environment. Again, these are not just some woo-woo, good-smelling, perfumey, you know, herbal product. Essential oils are drugs that are made from herbs that are extremely caustic, that do not decompose, and that are hazardous to life and hazardous to the environment. And we need to respect that. And when we are using them, we need to be aware of that. And I think that it's not, it's not being told, we're not aware in general about how potent these are and how they can affect our sensitivities and our immune system. And I, again, I think people, because they're labeled with the names of herbs on them, oh, they're herbs, it's safe, it's all well and good. Well, I don't think so. 
In fact, I know it's not. Not only can these essential oils be affecting our bodies poorly, um, but if you think about how much in the past, even the past 10 years, definitely in the past 20 years, how much this industry has grown and expanded, especially with the pyramid um, multi-level marketing companies that are heavily promoting these oils. And a lot of the education that's being done around essential oils and their use is done by the people who are selling the oils and promoting them and marketing them. And that there's a problem there because um, we can't fully trust that source. Not only that, but the essential oil industry has a disastrous effect on the environment. Not only if we are going to be putting the oils into the environment, but it also takes an enormous amount of plant material to supply the demand of the industry. We are talking about massive monocropped fields, unsustainable wild harvesting around the world, and even destruction of Amazon jungles to grow some of these plants. A lot of many essential oils that are popular are oils that are not from common everyday weeds that grow in abundance. They are from plants that either need to be cultivated or that are plants that are hard to find that from far off reaches of the world that need to be um, grown in interesting and difficult ways. We need to think about that for every bottle of essential oil that you have. How many acres of land does that represent being in monocropped agriculture? We also need to be aware, and this is um, something that I heard a while ago, David Crow, who has a, who is an aromatherapist, has an essential oil line as well talking about, he talks a lot about, you know, the safety and the concern of adulteration. And so as I was saying, these essential oils now, many of them can be synthesized in a laboratory or aspects of them can be. And so that, especially for the harder to, <clears throat> to grow or find essential oils, they'll be um, cut with synthetic essential oil. And again, there's very little regulation on this industry. It's relatively self-regulated. This is nothing that is being checked on by one large overseeing government body. So all in all, I would really like to see a movement away <clears throat> from essential oils. I'd really like to see people respect them and fear them as much as they do antibiotics, um, as much as they do insecticides and pesticides and plastics. And this is something that affects our body very similar to these things. And I think that there is an alternative and the alternative is natural scent therapy. 
And natural scent therapy is essentially using the plants in their whole state. And you can make beautiful infused oils with wonderful smelling plants that hold the smell, but in a regular, normal percentage. And you can make them. You don't have to buy them. You don't have to buy a $20 bottle. You can grow your own lavender plant, harvest the flowers, infuse it in oil, and you're going to have a beautiful lavender oil to, to massage with or to use. You can even just the aromatherapy. I mean, aromatherapy, the concept of smell having a therapeutic effect on the body, plants, smells, having a therapeutic effect on the body, that can be done just by smelling plants. And it's been shown it can be done in really microdose amounts, like forest bathing. The whole concept of just walking in the woods and smelling all of the microdoses of polyphenols that are in the air and the smells of the trees and the smell of the rotting leaves and that that has a profound effect on our mind and our emotion and our immune health. So we don't have to bang ourselves over the head to get the effects of the aromatherapy. More is not necessarily better. And in this case, more is detrimental when it comes to volatile oils. Just simply having a rosemary plant that you can rub your hand along and then smell your hand is going to be as effective but less detrimental than taking a whiff from your rosemary essential oil bottle. And I would like to say please stop using essential oils as bug sprays. You're doing yourself no favors and you're doing the person who has to walk with you no favors as well because they have to breathe that in as well. Instead, you can make a tincture of flowering yarrow tops when they start blooming this summer, which is gonna be very soon here, or catnip. And the US Army did some scientific studies on the effects of yarrow versus DDT and found it to be uh, very same effectiveness as far as repelling insects. And that's all insects, including ticks and mosquitoes. You may have to reapply the yarrow tincture, you know, spray it um, more frequently than you would have to spray your classic um, insect off insect repellent. But Again, it's the volatile oils of the yarrow that is being effective, but you don't need to concentrate it to such a degree. You can also work with hydrosols instead of essential oils, which is, um, it's, it's not concentrated or purified. It is extracted from the plant, but not concentrated or purified like the essential oils are. So you have a lot of options of working with natural scent therapy and not essential oils. And I really hope, especially if you are having any issues with your immune system or any issues with your digestive system, to look at all of the products that you both take internally or that you apply in the shower, body care products, 
anything like that. And if they have essential oils on them, just put them away for a while and see if life changes for you. If you stop using things with essential oils in them. I am reminded of this one uh, massage therapist that I had met and I was talking with a few summers ago. And she, I could tell that she had worked with a lot of essential oils because she was not ground. She was very not present or grounded. And she was talking to me. I was talking about, of course, nourishing herbal infusions. And again, using, you know, large amounts of these nourishing herbs, which don't have any volatile oils in them, um, as a healthful beverage. And she was like, oh, no, 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 no. I can't do anything that's strong. I'm more interested in very minimal, very small amount things, um, micro dose of herbs and all of this. And and I was to and but at in the same breath, she was also telling me about all of her intestinal difficulties and digestive difficulties and how she was on an extremely restricted diet and she couldn't eat this and she couldn't eat strawberries and she couldn't eat grains and she couldn't, you know, she could eat maybe five things and, um, she was having a very hard time. And I said, well, you know, you're a massage therapist. Uh, do you use, I would try to avoid essential oils because those can be really affect your digestive process quite negatively and can really disrupt your microbiome. And she said, oh, did you notice you must have noticed me over there, which I hadn't, but she was like, I was just smelling my oils. I love my oils. I always have them and I'm always smelling them. And I don't know if I said it, but maybe I should have. I probably should have if I didn't. I am sometimes known to be a little bit more blunt than maybe some people would like me to be, but um, essential oils are anything but microdosing. You know, if she wants to stay away from large concentrated herbal concentrate drinks or anything like essential oils are the most concentrated herbal medicine that you could ever find. And again, I hardly consider it herbal medicine. I consider it a drug versus herbal medicine. So things to think about, again, we think that we're using small amounts because we're just breathing a little bit and it comes in a little tiny bottle and we're using little drops but the reality behind those drops is a field of lavender, is a hundred pounds of lavender. So, or whatever it is, it's a lot. So things to think about, please, please um, consider eliminating essential oils from your life and seeing how your health changes. If you're interested in learning more about herbalism, home herbalism, foraging in your backyard, and working with whole plants in their natural form, I would love to work with you. Come check me out at the Solidago Herb School on Patreon. And there we have different tiers that you can support my work and get some monthly classes in exchange. Last, this past May, we worked with 
um, wild salads and the importance of eating wild food or food that is as close to um, the wild aspects. And this coming month in June, we're going to be focusing in on roses and all the fun things we can do with roses and all the benefits of roses and maybe talk about other plants in the rose family. So I'd love to have you come along for that journey. Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, check out my website, Solidago Herb School, and I hope to connect with you. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Bridget Doherty. Until next week, be well, let intuition guide you, and have fun with herbs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.